table is a real special place in our home. It's where we gather for dinner. Uh, we don't eat breakfast together. We don't eat lunch together. But we, we've always found a way to eat dinner together. And uh, used to be years ago, there were always five place settings. And that's becoming the, the rarity now. Um, we're finding more and more we can't get all five of us together around the table as our children are getting older. And it was interesting on Tuesday, we had all five of us together for this meal. And I found my prayer going a little bit longer. And I found um, my voice being lost a little bit as sentimentally I was struck with the thought that we may not get to do this again for a while. And what a blessing it is to to genuinely cherish the people of my family, to cherish those moments when we sit around the table and we talk about our days and we talk about our lives and we talk about the future and we talk about what was and and what can be. And it's such a precious gift. And it makes me think about our church family. Makes me think about what we get to do every Sunday and, and even on special Sundays like today when we Metaphorically, symbolically, we gather around the table, the Lord's table, to receive the Lord's Supper, and we remember together what Christ has done for us, what He's doing, and what He's going to do, and how important that is, and how we're not careful, we'll miss it. Some are missing it this morning because they're not here, and I know some are traveling, and I, I get that, and it's such a great time to travel, and it was so good to hear uh, some stories of people that were traveling and having some great opportunities with their family, and that's important, and that's good, but whenever possible, we need to be here, and those of you who have children, your children need to be here. They need to be sitting with you in worship. I want to tell you something, friends. It's going by. And I know it sometimes feels like it couldn't go fast enough. Believe me, I can remember those days. But you're not going to have another summer of 2017 again. Some of you are not going to have the opportunity to sit with your children in church and tell them to be quiet, tell them to pay attention, tell them to take notes and learn how to be in church and to be a part of a family. What also is more important is you never know when the Spirit of God is going to speak to your child. You never know when the Spirit of God has something special for you. And if you're not here, if you're not present, you don't receive the blessing. And you don't get to give the blessing. You have to be present. It's kind of like those funny drawings, you know, the, where, where, you know, there's the, you got you got to be there in order to receive it. You know, there's this race that happens in Bowling Green every fall. It's happened all the, all the years I've been here. The 10K Classic. And, and used to be they would really have a big drawing. And so at the end of it, there were cash prizes. But in order to get the cash prize, you had to be present. And I had a friend who had run in that race, but then his daughter had a soccer game. And so he had to quickly get away and and get away from the race and get to the soccer fields. And, and as his daughter was playing soccer, his phone started to explode because his name had been drawn for the $5,000 gift. Here he is watching a European trash sport, and he should be he should be receiving money that he could buy football tickets with later on that year. But, but he missed it because he wasn't present. Friends, when you're not present with the gathering of the family, you're missing a gift. And sometimes that gift is you getting to be the blessing to someone else. And that's what our text talks about today. It, it talks about having the right mindset as you gather for worship. 
the mindset that we are family and we are better together and we serve better together and we serve better together when we are cherishing one another, when we cherish the church. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, take it out and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If you if you brought your phone, feel free to download the ESV app. That's the scripture we use and use that. It's very helpful. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to look at a lot of this section of scripture where the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church about the Lord's Supper, but we're going to we're going to jump off from verse 33. It's a very brief verse, but it will it will provide for us the outline and the way in which we, we understand all of what Paul is saying to the church. So let's all stand together, and uh, Weston Bristolera is going to come and read the scripture for us. Weston, thanks for being here for us today, buddy. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 33. You got it? All right, buddy, go for it. So then, my brothers, when we come together to eat, wait for one another. The Word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Matt. We, uh, Matt, that's your daddy. Thank you, Weston. It's good to see you. Everyone, if you would, go ahead and be seated. You know, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was writing to this church, and he was being very harsh with them. He was saying something very hard. As, as we look at this section today, uh, understand the seriousness of the tone of this apostle for this church. And think not just of what the apostle of the power of the Holy Spirit was saying to them. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, to us. We are the family of God. We are the people of living hope. We've been called together for such a time as this to get the joy and the honor of cherishing Christ and one another. And they will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they will know we are Christians by our love. And as we live out this love for one another, we find strength and we we give to God great glory as we picture what it means to be God's family on earth. There's such a blessing to it, but you can miss it. You can miss it if you have not come prepared to listen. You can miss it if you if you are in somehow in some way uh, avoiding a sin issue in your life. You can miss it if you're not here. If you you let other things take priority and you miss these precious opportunities, friends. We only get one summer of 2017, and we're only going to get one fall of 2017. And before you know it, it's going to be 2018, and we're going to have to get through February together. Oh, what a horrible month of the year! The the, the longest, shortest month of the year. It's dark, it's cold, and, and oh, Lord, make it pass. But then the spring is coming, right? And we get Easter coming, and then God sees in summertime when everyone gets sunburned and it's hot. I didn't know if you knew that. That's God's season. I, I didn't know. You know, it's, 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 this is the glorious time of the year. I hope you're enjoying it. Every season, though, friends, has challenges and opportunities and blessings. And every time we gather... Something good comes of it when we're ready for it. If we don't come ready, if we, do, if we come wrongly with the wrong heart, with the wrong attitude, we'll miss it. So, so the Apostle Paul is writing to this church, and he's saying to them, and he's saying to us, don't miss it. Don't miss out on what God wants to do because your heart is not cherishing the church and cherishing the Lord and cherishing what is happening. Take note of these three things as we dive into this whole section of Scripture utilizing verse 33. 
understand when we cherish the church, we don't miss, first of all, the connection that binds us. This very precious connection that binds us in Christ. Uh, by the blood of Jesus, our sin is pardoned, we're forgiven. And under the, the, the grace of God, we become children of God. We are adopted into God's family, and so we become siblings. Look what it says in, in verse 33, that first part. So then, brothers, we become family by the grace of God, and we're meant to function as family. Uh, Paul writing to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 15, he, he speaks of this privilege. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we, uh, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. There is a picture here, powerful. And this picture is the fact that Christ has come to redeem us. And, and by the grace of God, we become children of God. We are now siblings in Christ. We are heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs of the coming of, of, of glory. And we get to be a part of this. But there's something for us now. We are to pursue and recover something now. God's design is that we be in harmony, but we all know that sin creates brokenness. But because Christ has come, because God left heaven, took on flesh, born of a virgin, died for our sins, we can have a new life. In order to gain that new life, we have to give up our old life. We have to repent, turn away from it, die to it, and believe and come alive. And coming alive in Christ is not meant to be the stopping point, but the starting point. And, and in Christ, we are to pursue and recover God's design. And what is God's design? God's design is that we be in harmony with God within with one another, that we be family. Being family is crucial to your spiritual health. If you are living the Christian life in isolation, let me just say it very bluntly, you are doing this wrong. You are meant to be in community with other believers you are meant to gather and worship of our Father in the name of Christ the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not meant to be something where you show up, not speak to anybody else, and then leave. That is not what this is designed for. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody in my family comes to our meal, sits at our table, doesn't say a word to their siblings, and leaves without saying a word. They're getting spanking. I don't care how old they are. Because that's not what this is for. We have a meal in our home so that we can sit around the table and, yes, enjoy the food. Yes, be fed. But also to give care. To have conversation. To show love. It is vital that you come here to be fed the Word of God. Your soul needs it. But understand, members of Living Hope, you are children of God. And as children, your job is not just to come and sit and eat your father's food and leave. You better get in here and find some people to talk to. You need to get in here and you need to bring glory to the Father. And then you need to encourage your siblings. You need to, to know them. You need to care for them. That's why I encourage, I don't care if you sit in different seats every week. I, I make a joke about it, but in some ways I'm not joking. I want you to sit in the same seats. And here's why. One, because I can know you're in church. And I, and I know some of you when you're not, and, and, and I want you to know that, and, and hopefully that makes you feel guilty. But two, 
Listen, this is such a big family. This is such a big table. You know, there's guests that are here today, and my hope is that someone has, has shook their hand or hugged their necks, even if it makes them feel awkward. Because we want to be that kind of a family. See, there's something special that happens when we talk to one another and when we talk to those who are guests. They should always feel the love of God, and there's a blessing in that. Friends, please hear me. Come to worship every Sunday. And by the way, don't let that be an option that you not. Never let it be said from your lips if we go to church. It's great to travel and go on vacation. That's wonderful. It's great from time to time to have to miss. It's, it's sad sometimes because there's sickness and there's, there's other needs. Um, that's all real and that all happens. But given the, any circumstance where you can get here, you got to be here. And, and you got to come ready. Come ready. And, and let me give you some things to do. Come ready to talk to people. You say, well, God made me an introvert, so I don't have to talk to people. Well, maybe come out there. Talk to people. You don't have to talk to everybody. Talk to somebody. Pray for people. I, I want to challenge you. Every Sunday, I know for some of you this is like, whoa, this is too hard. This is out of Every Sunday, pray with someone. Can you imagine what the environment would be like if we came and prayed for one another? I know that's crazy to do at church. Can you imagine if when you were talking with someone, how things are going? Well, man, this is, this is going on. Well, let's pray about it right now. To, to, to just give that kind of care and love. Not only will it encourage your heart, it'll encourage the hearts of those that, that, that are receiving that prayer. And then their time will come and they'll pray for you. And, and together we experience family. It always thrills my soul when I see people in our church family go through trials and challenges and loss and to see people take them meals. To hear about how they showed up at the funeral home or they showed up at the graduation or they showed up at the surprise birthday party or, or they were just there. They just happened to come by and they ended up just having a great conversation out, out in the driveway. Hearing about the family being the family, it gives me such joy. I can't imagine what it does for our father. You know, it aggravates me when my children aren't nice to people. It aggravates me when we were laughing about Asher. Some of you know our Asher. You remember when he was little. And, and, and Asher had this thing when he was little. He, there were, he, he had a way of two things that would get him in trouble with me that sounded funny, but it wasn't appropriate. And you all would encourage him in it. And it was wrong of you to do this. But one of the things, that, I don't know if you remember, some of you would come and talk to Asher. And he'd say, no, talk to Asher. And you guys would laugh and think that was so funny. And you would encourage that bad behavior. You know, he got thanks for that. So you know. Some of you, you come to church and you have a demeanor that says, don't talk to Asher. Don't talk to me. I just, I want to come to church. I want to sit down. I don't want to talk to you. Don't talk to Asher. And then when, when there was something that we would tell Asher to do when he was little, we'd laugh about this all the time. He used to have the most pleasant way of telling us no. He would say, no, thank you. Hey, Asher, we need you to clean up your stuff. No, thank you. Hey, Asher, we need you to come over here and sit down. No, thank you. 
Pastor, we need you to come and we need you to eat. We need you to sit down and eat. No, thank you. I'm not going to. You know what some of you do when you hear like what I'm talking about right now about getting out of your comfort zone and, and, and talking to people and praying for people? I know what you're doing. You're being like Asher. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm just going to come and sit and eat God's food and leave and not talk to anybody. No, thank you. Friends, there's no way we can be the church that God designed us to be with that kind of spirit. The, the church at Corinth was missing. And, and the Apostle Paul wanted them to see your family. Act like it. Talk to each other. Celebrate the meal. Celebrate the food of God's Word. Celebrate the praise of the Father. Speak well to one another of the love He's shown to you. Pray for each other. Care for one another. Be family. Because that is what we are. And, and, and we will miss it if we're not here, if we're not engaged, if we're not ready. We'll miss the connection that binds. And secondly, we, we, when we cherish the church, we don't miss look at this, the communion that blesses there is a common union that we share here. That's where that word comes from. And so we are, look what it says. So brothers, when you come together to eat, it's not if, it's when. There is an expectation that, that God's children will gather every week to worship Him together. This whole year has been about being better together. We serve better together. We serve better together when we cherish one another. You need to come every Sunday anticipating God being at work, anticipating you being involved in someone else's life, and someone maybe even being involved in yours. Be ready to pray. Be ready to talk. Be ready to care. And we do all of this because of what Christ has done for us. Friends, the Word is only telling us to do what Christ Himself has done for us. He did not stay in His comfort zone. Christ left the comforts of His heavenly home to enter into the world to be a blessing to the family of God. And so when we gather, we always talk about Christ. We talk about His body. We talk about His bodily appearing. We talk about His life. We also talk about His death. We remember His blood. Not only do we, in the Lord's Supper, receive the wafer, but we also receive the cup. And we do that understanding that we are announcing what Christ has done and that He is coming again. We're going to read that section of Scripture in just a moment. But, but what the Lord's Supper allows us to do is to remember God loves us. He's come for us. Christ has died for us so we can be forgiven. And just as He promised He would come, He's promised He would come again. And so we are here to remind each other, this world is not our home. Christ is in our midst. We are called to love one another. We are called to care for one another. We are called to come to this table and, and be encouraged with the, with the love that we have and to be there for each other. It's not about showing up, sitting down, looking annoyed and leaving about coming ready to speak to those that God loves, to speak to those who need God's love, to be that blessing and to enjoy that common unity that we share because in Christ we have been made His. Third thing, when we cherish the church, we don't miss the correction that builds. Every week you should come ready to be corrected in your life. Listen, I'm paid to be good. You guys are good for nothing. I have to be corrected every week. I'm, I, I have to be corrected every week. I, we all have ways in which we grow comfortable. 
in, in not doing God's will, we, we grow comfortable in disobedience. The Word of God is preached to call us into conformity to the image of Christ. There is always going to be a correction. And so this church is gathered. You can imagine they're reading this letter, and, and, and Paul is saying, I'm, what you're doing is not good. And he says, this, you need to be corrected. You need to be building. He says, wait for one another. When you come together, not if, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. The church of Corinth was messing up big time. And here's why. There were individual members who were coming to worship thinking one thing. What am I going to get out of this? What are my preferences? How is this going to suit me? There's no way we can be a healthy family with those attitudes permeating the membership of this body. That's what was happening in Corinth. And so look, look, if you will, in verse 11. Look at, look at what Paul says to them. He's talking about their gathering, specifically their reception of the Lord's Supper, verse 17. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat, for in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. Woo! That is a holy chew-out right there. He is saying to the church, you're doing this wrong. You think this is about you. It's not about you. It's about God and His people. Let me tell you what was going on. There were people who had more flexibility in their schedule because of resources. The church would meet in the evening, and they would have what was called a love feast. This was the time when the church would come to eat together and worship together, and the, the culmination of it would be the Lord's Supper. Very much like that night before Christ gave himself for our eternal sacrifice, there was a meal, and then he took the bread, and he took the cup. Well, there were people who came and were thinking, well, hey, there's food, let's just go ahead and get started. There were poor people, and people who couldn't, get there early because of work who hadn't shown up, but they, they weren't worried about them. See, it was all about what they wanted. They weren't worried about the church. They, they weren't worried if someone was greeted. They weren't worried if someone else was shown love. They just wanted what they wanted and they wanted it at the time they wanted it, the way they liked it. They didn't really care what everyone else experienced. So they came, they ate, and so by the time the rest showed up, they missed it. They didn't miss it because Christ didn't want to give it. They missed it because the members were unwilling to wait, to serve one another, to wait on one another. See, to be a body that's healthy, a family that's healthy, that's better together, we have to so love one another, cherish one another, that we put aside what we want. We put aside our comforts. We put aside all, all the, the things that we make excuses about ourselves with and say, I'm here to show the love of God 
I'm here to be a blessing, and in being a blessing, I will receive the blessing. Please understand, what you put into it, it makes all the difference. What you put into God's worship and God's gathering, that's what we're going to reap. God's not going to be mocked. Look at Galatians 6. Let's take this personally. Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So that as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. What better opportunity do we have than Sunday morning to do good to one another in the name of God? Friends, we're going to reap what we sow. If we will sow love, if we will sow compassion and kindness and sacrifice, if we will wait on one another, we will see the Lord glorified. We will see families and individuals blessed. We will experience love. Love is not easy. Apathy is easy. Selfishness is easy. Love is hard. Please understand the kind of love God expects from us here. It's not the love of a country club. It's not, oh, I pay my dues, I get my stuff, and then I'm out of here. It's the love of a covenant, of a marriage covenant. I like it when I hear people join our church and they say what they've heard me say. Well, it's time for us to stop dating you and get married. Church life is meant to be much more like a marriage than it is being a member of a country club or Sam's club. Where we pay our little dues and get the little bit we want and we get out of there. Now, it's like a marriage. You reap what you sow. You sow love. You sow tenderness. You, you, you sow compassion. You take a little bit more time to, to greet and meet someone. You look around you. Is anyone missing? I'll be sure and call them to make sure they're okay. Is anyone new in the section where we we're seating today? We need to make sure we meet them. Make sure they know we want them to come back. Make sure they know we're going to be looking for them next week. See if there's anything that we can pray for them about. See if there's any needs in their life. That's hard. But that's what love does. What did Christ do for us? He got out of his comfort. Came for us. He served and sacrificed, and He's given us new life. I went to a church last Sunday. I was looking for a worship guy. I didn't find one, but I went to this church. I counted about 400 people. Not a single person spoke to me. If I ever have opportunity to visit another church again in that area of town. I will not be going there. The content of the worship was spectacular. Everything was doctrinally sound. I felt and saw no love. I went to another church 
doctrinally. There were things in my head that were going off like, that's not true. <laughs> that's not right. But you know what? I walked in. People were shaking my hands. People were talking with one another. That's love. God wants us to be doctrinally sound and loving. It requires us to get out of our comfort zone and do it. We receive the Lord's Supper today reflecting on that. Jesus paid it all. And so, all to Him I owe. Listen to me. Our Father is not saying, hey, if you feel like it, attend worship. If it's convenient for you, talk to someone and pray for them and love them. If you get around to it, take some time to make sure that your guests are welcome. He's not asking. He's telling us to do what He's done for us. Because He's paid it all, He has the authority to do that. Now, if you want to be like Asher and say, no, thank you, we will reap what we sow. But the best thing we can do is say, yes, Lord, you've commanded me to love as you have loved me. I will be a part of this family. You can count on me. Now, in order for that to happen, some of you need to give your life to Christ. Some of you need to recommit your life to Christ. Some of you need to ask for God's blessing in your life. Some of you know of people that can't be here today because they're caring for sick family members because they're traveling. Come and pray for them. Come and ask God's blessing for them. And prepare yourself to receive the Lord's Supper. After we've had a time to come and pray and to sing of Jesus paying it all, I'm going to come back and I'm going to lead us in receiving the Lord's Supper. So let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we have just a moment now to speak of what you've done for us, and we first will sing of it. And as we sing, we will have just a few moments if we want to come forward and get on our knees and ask for your forgiveness, ask for, for your divine favor, ask for your redemptive care in our own lives, and, and to give care to others as they need prayer and they need to be lifted up. And then, Father, we will remember what you did by sending your Son. We will celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Right now, Holy Spirit, guide us to repentance commitment and to renewal. In Jesus' name, amen.